podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Amanda, and I'm confused. I'm Emilio. We don't have Emilio today, or Nick, or Christian. So <laughs> it is just a two-person show today. So buckle in. It's going to be a short one, but it's going to be a fun one. It's good. I think we've got good levels for it. Right, yeah. Bobby? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Watch this be the best episode we ever had. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll realize that this is the key here. I'm doing all right, though. I've been struggling with my sink all week. I am not like a handyman. I'm not like a fix it, like fix stuff around the house guy. Like I I'm, don't even keep tools around here. But uh, I finally fixed my garbage disposal after seven years. I've not had a working garbage disposal in seven years. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to get to that. And so I replace it. Turns out there's another leak in the piping. So I get, a, I get like a washer or a, a, like a rubber round thing to put in there and that kind of fixes it. Then there's another leak somewhere else and I got to get a new P trap. I'm learning a lot. I'm doing a lot, but I think I'm finally good. So that's, that's kind of been my boring yet annoying week. You're channeling your inner Mario, right? You're going to mm-hmm. be, be a great plumber. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm Mario now. It's a me, Mario. It's, it's a me, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, nice. Man. Yeah, and Christian, yeah. What, what did he have going on? Why isn't he here? I forgot. Nick is, of course, doing new house stuff. Uh, Emilio's missing his computer, but um, <laughs> we'll get more on that <laughs> later, I guess, from him. <laughs> yeah, but, for uh, sure. That's, I can't remember what him. Christian's I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, why he couldn't. Um, but uh, he's yeah. young. He's probably off living an exciting life, I'm sure. He's, he's probably off camping or something, you know, like these just, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's having a, having a good time living it up. Yeah. So yeah. he just, yeah, he couldn't do it. He's, he's off doing something, frolicking in some Canadian fields and, uh, some, you know, mountains perhaps mm-hmm. one can hope. <laughs> and we're so. going to be living it up pretty soon. DLG con is right around the corner. Well, I mean like four months away, but it's getting close and the deadline's right. coming up too, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. DLGCon, once again, it's going to be the first weekend of November, um, which is November 3rd to the 6th. And you can go on dlgaming.net Sorry, in the show notes. Um, we're going to have the link to a form. So even if you're interested, like even if you're like, I'd like to go, but I'm not sure if I can afford it or take the time off, like, please just fill out the form, sign it up. We are going to make a decision on which house that we're going for based on how many people are showing interest. Um, So that being said, you have two more weeks. Uh, I'm actually going to be not on the podcast for the next two weeks. I'm traveling to Washington state where I'm going to be living there um, full time and like permanently for a while. So that's exciting, but I will be gone for the next two weeks. And when I come back, that is when our deadline will be done and we'll be able to tell everybody kind of what house we're looking at. And um, you know, that's the decision for that. And so it's not like in two weeks, if you don't send us money and solidify your room, then you can't join. This is just to book an actual house. So that way then we have spaces and we can start filling those beds. And so please, please, please fill out the form if you are interested in DLGCon. It's going to be an amazing time, super fun. We've got rules. We've got like where to pay if you want to put down your deposit. So that way then you're actually securing a spot. We've got uh, pictures from the previous years and videos and stuff if you want to see whether you like it or not. And it's kind of your jam. Uh, I'm telling you, it's such a fucking blast. It really, really is. And for this year, it being the fifth year anniversary and the 10 year anniversary of the podcast itself, like it's going to be such a good time and awesome. And we're bringing it back to where it all started in San Diego, which is such a beautiful and amazing place to have a fun time in. Uh, And so please come and join. It's going to be fucking awesome. So yeah, check it out. I've got a picture of the last DLG con up here. It's actually a video, but it's just kind of a static shot that uh, SOCOM took with his drone. So you can see us. We're pretty tiny standing out front here. But if you look in the back, that's the house that we got last time in Texas over by Lake Travis. And it was a good time. And this next time is going to be great, too. So definitely check that out. Um, The sign-up sheet is going to be linked in the description of this podcast episode, so you can catch it there. Absolutely. So, yeah, check it out. But this is a video game 
podcast, uh, not a party at a house podcast, although we definitely like to have fun and do both. So we're going to get right into it with On the Radar. These are games that have come to our attention, um, and maybe we played a bit of it, maybe we haven't, but I'm going to start it off with talking about some Vivid Lope. Um, I'm going to start off by saying right away that this isn't exactly my cup of tea of a kind of game. It's a arcade puzzle, top-down, non-linear kind of game. It's really kind of trippy that the puzzles and the way that you move on these squares are incredibly three-dimensional. So the entire time that you're playing, you might be running on this um, like this grid, and if you run over, then all of a sudden the whole perception shifts to being like in another angle, kind of like a Rubik's Cube mm. that you can run on. And There was, a, um, there was this... another game that made this really popular called Fez. Do you remember that one? It was in mm, Indie Game no. the Movie back in 2012. Yeah, it it had that same thing where you the map it was 2D but the map rotates as you go into different axes or what's the plural on axis? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> on a different axis, yeah. yeah. It just it, it looks cool. I mean, it's it's definitely set up as a as an arcade game. Um, and the goal is to color the stages with the right color because you're kind of like this little painter. You're like this little bunny painter that's running on walls and ceilings in a specific sequence to try and paint the ground below you. So that way then it is, you know, it does kind of remind me of like a, a fluid and moving Rubik's Cube that you're trying to solve that you're actively having a part in in doing. But the maps are different too. They're not all just square like in Rubik's Cube. There might be ones where there's cylinders and flat surfaces and, and it's just kind of it looks like it changes up and it's pretty it's pretty awesome there's foes that you have to watch out for and fighting in this it, it seems and um gravity doesn't really work the same way that you would think so like you can kind of use that to your advantage when you're fighting different enemies or trying to um unlock different squares they do have a demo out right now for free and this game was just released on the 19th of may so far a hundred percent of the users have rated it as positive now that's 46 users so you, you know we might want to wait for some more to come out but it does look kind of cool and promising especially if you are into these kind of games of like the puzzle games and it definitely looks like a type of mind fuck you know and it's got controller support i could totally see this being a great game with a controller um and so yeah it seems that it seems pretty neat that is a uh, vivid lope and hmm. i mean if you wanted to buy it they, it's 10 bucks, but they have a free demo. So definitely check that out. Yeah. Free demo, 10 bucks just came out May 19th, not too long ago. Yeah. looks cool. Yeah. There's a lot of references in the reviews here to Dreamcast. I don't know if this was originally a Dreamcast game or if they're just saying this is the type of game that would be on a Dreamcast, like a throwback. Oh, I'd imagine it's the type of game that would be on a Dreamcast. Okay. Oh, yeah. And people are saying that it's excellent on a Steam Deck. I could totally see this being an amazing game on the Steam Deck. Nice. But it looks lovely and nostalgic as well. Like there's people talking about how like it's a great throwback to like the early 2000s kind of aesthetic and um you know they they seem to really enjoy like the music and the art and that the gameplay is pretty fun and that it's a big throwback to the dreamcast era so that's kind of what i think a lot of them are talking about when they're saying it's a great dreamcast uh game mm -hmm. and so right. yeah well Once the only again, game yeah oh, what, sorry, what was ahead. that game no that's right vivid lope is the name of that game gotta gotta that's save right. the title <laughs> all right that's the, right vivid lope the only game that i've got here was posted in our Discord, and that is Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun. And yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Warhammer series, but this is a uh, Warhammer boomer shooter uh, where it looks like you're playing as the Space Marines and you're running around blowing things up and everything's bloody and disgusting. And it is very much like like Doom or, or like Quake, I'd say. Um, it actually comes out, is that... I think the day this episode releases, Tuesday, the 23rd, and it is 20 bucks, which I, I guess isn't bad for a boomer shooter. That's usually around the, the price that they they tend to stay at, 10 to 20 bucks. Um, but yeah, it, it could be good. I don't know. These, these boomer shooters, they seem like they're a dime a dozen now. I I don't know if they really have the lasting power for me. Like I always buy them and then I never beat them. 
Um, mm. You know, what's funny. I actually bought a, like a real boomer shooter, not one of these like remake ones, but Alien Blake was on sale. What is that called? Alien? I think it's Alien Blake. Blake Stone, Aliens of Gold. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. 60 cents on GOG, but that was like an old game, an old shooter from back in the 90s. I don't know. Maybe you'll be yes. hearing that about that next week. If yeah, you're, if you're I, I honestly love the boomer shooters. Like, this looks interesting to me, but I, I'm with you too. Like, I almost never finish them. Like, I always start them and I'll get pretty far, but I don't ever finish them. And so, like, yeah, they kind of run their run their course with me pretty quickly and I burn out but at the same time I can't I can't say no I keep coming back and maybe that's the nostalgia of me because Doom was one of the first uh, video games I ever got into I had to sneak down into the basement and play it because my cousin had it installed on like the Windows 93 that we had or something (laughs) Windows 95 probably and my grandfather did not want me playing it because I think I was like eight years old but I just waited until he fell asleep and then I snuck downstairs and played it anyway for hours because I loved boom and so this looks pretty this looks pretty fun with it too yeah definitely nice and gory and like lots of enemies I wonder uh, how it'll progress and everything and it looks like it does have some uh, modern touches to it which I think these remakes of old classics and also like these boomer shooters that are released uh, these days they they need they can't just be like a straight uh, they can't just be exactly like what they were back in the day Uh, what's interesting is i noticed the enemies have health bars when you attack them which you don't usually see in these first person shooters um, at least not the old ones but i kind of like that touch I like that too. That's a nice quality of life upgrade to kind of match the modern times. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All right. Well, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Warhammer 40k bolt gun. Nice. Something that has absolutely nothing to do with guns. I'd argue the opposite in the opposite direction of a time frame. No space, no Marines, no guns. We're talking about the trial of Ayash. And this is a open world game that has been described as being a little bit like Skyrim but it's focused on indigenous people and their struggles. And so there is a lot of like myths and legends and like creatures that you would find in indigenous folklore that you kind of fight and interact with here. And I just thought this game looked incredibly beautiful. There's so many elements of this game that remind me of like the Witcher three with combat and, uh, you know, parrying things and, and like dodging and then fighting. And I've watched a few times of the developers playing this and they'll have like um, these fist fights for kind of have exerting your dominance and a tribe. And, and I've noticed too that uh, when you're fighting certain creatures like a werewolf or something, um, members of your tribe will come join and fight with you, which is cool. Even though this game is a single player, this way you have kind of like a tribe going with you while you go and explore. And so you're exploring you know the the normal world but it's kind of a you know a land that is dominated by the legends of of its inhabitants right and so you can interact with other tribes you can engage in uh diplomacy or war or like expand um in this world and so this and the game isn't like historically related it's just i think inspired by it um, but so far, the reviews have been pretty positive. They have there's only 11 reviews, <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt. But 81% say that it's really positive. It was released on May 15th. Um, it looks beautiful, and the game is only like 17 bucks. They have an introductory offer right now that is going on for the next basically day, um, and it's 17. dollars But even at full price, it's 20 bucks. And I feel like for a 20 dollar game, I mean, this just looks gorgeous, and the combat from what I've been watching the developers play live, I mean, the combat definitely seems to be well-made and fluid. And this was made by two people, just two people. So it's like, I feel like for two developers creating this, they really did an amazing job. Yeah, it looks like that's their only game. And also the publisher on Steam is listed as question mark. I don't know if that's like a clever publisher name or they just don't know. When I click on it, it says the other game they published is Run Girls Run. Oh, no, that can't hmm. be. <laughs> My God, what is this game? Yeah, it's uh, a super okay. deep. Yeah, man, I, I love finding 
deep indie games in the dark crevices of oh my, my uh, discovery queue, dude. And this is one of them. Yeah. But it looks cool. Like I said, it's it's open world and there's all of these like cryptids and different like mythical creatures that you kill and fight with. And, and yet you can engage in different tribes. And like I said, it really it gives me a lot of like Skyrim, Morrowind, Witcher vibes like it's. I just think that it's and it, for this to be designed with by two people, I mean, like, it's really impressive to me um, that this game just looks really, really cool. Yeah. So some of the monsters that you can encounter are Wendigos and werebears, werewolves. They've got flying insects, cavemen, rock monsters, like Dijon uh, and like things like that. And so there's all these quests and myths and uh things to uncover and so i mean i just i just think that for two people that made this like this is super impressive and looks to be pretty cool and especially for how cheap it is as well yeah this came out may 15th just a little while ago um i'm looking at the steam page and it looks like only four people are playing it right now so i just don't think a lot of people know about it yeah Yeah. well it's hard it's hard to get noticed on steam that's the big problem it's you may get lucky and it may show up like on uh, the front page for whatever reason, but there's so many games on Steam. So just releasing a game, you just really have to get that visibility. Absolutely. Get the algorithm right. So here we go. DLG bump. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get on it because this game definitely looks like it's incredibly promising. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's the trail of Ayash or Ayash. Maybe I'm not sure. One thing you know about me is that I'm from Michigan, so I'm going to mispronounce the shit out of everything. So <laughs> the trail of Ayash, it's A-Y-A-S-H. So check it out. It looks beautiful. I wish there was a demo, but I mean, at the same time, I feel like $16 for what I'm already seeing with this game. It looks very promising and cool. So that's trail of Ayash. And, uh, a game that's a totally different style uh, has nothing to do with open world exploration, but instead you're a pack of misfits uh, just trying to get, you know, some money and, and have an adventure and intrigue. Like as if you're Indiana Jones, my other game that I put is the Lamplighters League. This is published by Paradox Interactive, developed by Hairbrain Schemes. It's not mm. out yet. It's listed as coming soon, and it's a strategy RPG with turn-based tactics and combat. So that's right up my fucking alley. I've been such a such a huge yeah. kick and and that we'll get well, more Hairbrain, to that. Hairbrain schemes. They made um the Shadowrun games, which are in, they were incredibly high rated and popular. I I I remember playing those and liking them. They also made BattleTech too, which I didn't play, but yeah, they they're a good studio. Definitely a good studio and uh, more on Shadowrun because I definitely played a lot of that as well, which is why as soon as I saw this game, I was like, oh, yeah, fucking sign me up. Like, this looks great. This is like Shadowrun meets Indiana Jones is what it's kind of reminding me of, which is pretty dope, I think, and kind of like very fun, you know, and a different kind of take on it their video that they have is very much kind of like you know let's go hunt treasure and find things and done in like an indiana jones style as well which i think is super fun there's a lot of really cool elements where like you're kind of moving and running out of the way of traps and of monsters like chasing after you even though you're still in your turn-based combat kind of thing so like there's these they have like a kind of uh, interesting take on breaking up a little bit of like the true turn base, even though while while still keeping that, if that makes sense. Like I, I remember I was watching it and there was like a huge like boulder that came rolling through and like everybody had to kind of move out of the way, even though it wasn't like an enemy's turn or anything like that. It just like happened. And so they have these kind of like curveballs that they'll throw at you while you're in the middle of uh, planning out your attacks and things like that and i think that that's actually going to be pretty awesome and pretty cool and so you're trying to sneak around steal and shoot your way through like a world with a variety of like locals and and your team basically um and so it's all just a team of misfits and, and like shitty people which is going to be super fun and hopefully hilarious as well i'm hoping the storyline is really good with this but I mean, coming from the creators of Shadowrun and Battletag, like, I feel like it's going to be pretty dope. Like, it'll be pretty awesome. So they kind of set the world in, like, an alternative 1930s with, like, this cult running on, like, world, dem- uh, world like, domination. And so, yeah, you're basically trying to 
like chase them out while also like getting treasure and and stealing shit so i mean this this game looks so up my alley i really wish i knew when it was coming out because it just says coming soon and so but i have it on my wish list i'm following it and so like i'm really excited for this game because i think i'm gonna really enjoy this the graphics i think look pretty nice and cute they kind of have like a invincibles i guess like kind of style to them or like mm-hmm. shrek there's like a type of animated yeah. it's a little, you know, it's big, a little pixar little on the yes, pixar it's, side it's very pixar is kind of how it looks and design or how the design looks but i just think i think it's going to be awesome but then again i mean i'm on a like i said i'm on a huge strategy rpg turn-based tactic combat like crpg kind of kick right now so it's like <laughs> i'm not surprised that i'm like i want this game <laughs> so, mm-hmm. What I really want is Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> That's what I really want. <laughs> but that was uh, Lamplighter's League. It's coming soon, so we'll just have to wait for it. But I think that's it for On the Radar. It's a little little short, so moving right along, we're going to get right into the highlights. These are games that we have played, uh, and I'll start off again. Since we're talking about you know the creators of Shadowrun, I'll just go right into Shadowrun. Uh, I have been playing this a lot. I've never played the Shadowrun series. I've never read the books. Like I went in totally blind with the story and the lore here, and I'm starting with Shadowrun Dragonfall. I will do Shadowrun Hong Kong after this, um, but I'm starting with Dragonfall, and I chose a Decker uh, to play, and holy shit, I love this game. <laughs> love the, this game. The Decker is like the hacker, right? Because they use these yeah. devices called decks, and that's like their computer that they use. It actually looks like a Steam Deck kind of, but it's uh, the device they use to hack things. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like the idea. I figured in a, because like I said, I don't know shit about any of the classes, about anything. I went in totally blind, and... I was just reading like what they do and I was thinking of like, okay, so I'm always, every time I play these kind of games, I'm a huge sucker for like high charisma. I want story. I want dialogue. I want to like see what kind of things I can get away with and get out of doing because of like charisma because I find that kind of fascinating. And so I thought in my mind, this is a cyberpunk world where there's going to be a lot of drones and a lot of stuff in like the matrix and computers. So I probably want to be a character that's going to be really good at like tapping into that. And to me, the Decker made the most sense. Uh, Cause then I was thinking kind of like with wasteland three, like when you are really good with like electronics and things like that, like that shit really ends up helping out because you can disable turrets and like that ends up saving you and saving your whole team quite a lot. And so I was kind of thinking of that mentality with like the Decker, but this game is awesome like i think the story is super cool there's moments of comedy that i wasn't expecting um Mm -hmm. and there's like a lot of twists and turns in this i do really enjoy the combat i feel like it's a little clunky at times but of course it's a 2014 game like it's 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 an old one and this isn't even the first one the first one was shadow run returns and i i played that one and then dragonfall but by the time I got to Dragonfall, I was a little burnt out on all the text dialogue because there is a lot of it. But uh, Dragonfall definitely was better. I have not played Hong Kong, though. Yeah. I'm looking forward to checking out Hong Kong as well. And I like that they're totally different stories. So it's not necessarily like I have to do one and then the other or anything like that. I can just kind of work on them when when I want to or simultaneously. And that would be kind of cool, too. I'm kind of curious if... Like, I'm assuming that if I wasn't a Decker um, or like if I was a Druid or something like that, like how the story would be super different, because I can tell in the beginning that like they do so many things and have changed the story to like match more of like a Decker that you're following or something. And so like that's to me, that's kind of fascinating and it makes me actually want to make a new character and kind of see how the intro or the beginning would be different than how I'm playing it now. And so I I might do that. Um, but I mean, I we'll see. I played as a Decker too. I'm trying to remember what class I, <laughs> I chose. Yeah. Oh. If anybody played other than, than a Decker, let me know if you had Monica to respond to and how that changed her and her story. Cause I'm curious. Um, and so, or, or I'll try it again and make a totally different character and try and play it totally differently. Cause I really enjoyed it. I'm curious, especially if the story is a little different in the beginning, that would be really cool for replayability, but I'm not sure. I mean, 
there's definitely a lot of text in this game but that mm -hmm. that's the shit i love like i love you know me i love to read so <laughs> like disco elysium <laughs> is still one of my favorite all-time games and that game is a textbook and so so is this and i but i enjoy it i think the story's good i think it's well written it's like it's fascinating and um i'm really looking forward to moving through with this game some more because yeah like i said it's just it's just an absolute blast i don't know how many hours i put into it i think it's like three or four because it is on game pass so you don't have to buy the game like i said it's on game pass shadow run returns um shadow run dragonfall and hong kong are all on game pass so mm -hmm. you know don't take my word for it you should check it out yourself because i definitely would recommend this game especially if you don't mind reading and especially if you do really enjoy these kind of strategy RPGs with tactical turn-based combat because this shit slaps, like especially in the cyberpunk world. I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't play it when the director's cut was out. I think I played it before then, so I don't know what that added. But it, this game is just a classic. Like the Shadowrun series, I, I wonder how it holds up now. Like I, I played it back in the day when it was still pretty fresh and exciting, but... Um, you know, a lot has changed since then, but still, I'm sure it's a fantastic game. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like it, like I can see that it's dated when I'm playing it, but I don't really mind it because it's so good that like, I don't fucking care that I can feel that it's dated. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's that bad. There's just some little like kind of wonkiness to it in the sense, especially when you're trying to run up to an NPC and talk to them. There's been a few moments where like I'll click and instead of it talking to them, it just like moves around them. And I'm like, okay, that's a little weird, but that, that's so minor. Like it's not even close to game breaking or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So speaking of trying to break. So once again, that's Shadowrun Dragonfall. Um, but Speaking of trying to break the games, uh, have you broken Lemmings yet? Have you figured out how to tell them to stop running off the cliff? <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, I played Lemmings. Um, this is kind of interesting. So I, I played Lemmings, the original Super Nintendo game. And I remembered, oh, my God, this is this was not a game designed for a console. It, it's a strategy game. Uh, it's a puzzle game and it requires you to click around. I, I can pull up some video of it, I suppose, but it, it requires you to click around the screen. Of course, you can't click around with a Super Nintendo controller, so you have to like use the D-pad to move the, move the cursor around and to place things, and it's very clunky. And I do remember that now that I've played it, uh, now that I played it again this week. Um, but it's just really weird. It's one of these cases where a game was designed that just, in the 90s for a console and it had no business being on a console like this is a pc game so i really wish someone would make a pc version of it i know they've made the android game and i did play that as well and it, it's a mobile game it's super obnoxious right it's got all the mobile game stuff that that we all hate and it was so interesting to me because i'm playing it and i i I remembered something that I said on the podcast maybe a few weeks ago about when I was talking about game design and how there's the core gameplay loop and then you have the stuff outside of the gameplay loop. And both of those have to be good for the game to work. And I talked about Alien Team's Firestorm where the core gameplay, gameplay loop was super boring, but everything outside of that, the upgrading, the spending, the skill points, so all that stuff, that was good. They did a great job with that, but it didn't matter because I hated playing the actual core of the game. Um, and I feel like mobile games take this to an extreme. So on Lemmings, the core gameplay for the Android game is like not that complicated. You're just... Uh, you're clicking around and making sure the lemmings get from point A to point B without di dying. Um, you give them little umbrellas if they're going to fall off a cliff. Um, you have them build little steps if they have to get up to an area. Just all You have to place one in an area to tell the lemmings to go the other way if they're headed towards danger. Like You just do all these things to control this flow of lemmings so as many as possible survive. Um, that's it. That's the game. And that's what it was on the Super Nintendo. Um, and, you know, back in the day, like Super Nintendo games didn't need to be that extravagant or amazing or have all this extra stuff for you to enjoy because none of the games did. You know, <laughs> we just we thought that was just great by itself. Uh, so I would see the need for them to create kind of something outside of the game to make it 
make it more interesting and keep people playing. But because it's a mobile game, they take this to like an unhealthy extreme. And I was just like, going back to my original example of like the core gameplay and then the outside game. And I I don't know if these are the actual terms, you know, if like someone who actually works in game design could probably correct me on this, but this, this lemmings game on Android has almost no core gameplay. It's like the most simple stuff you could possibly imagine. And then they dump way too much into the exterior part of the game. Like it's just, I'm looking at this and they've got tribes. So you, you spend gold points to unlock eggs and you get these things called tribes, which give you little guys that uh, they change the way your lemmings look, but then they also unlock these special types of mayhem levels. I'm not sure what those are that you can get. Um, Then you can get the rocket rewards and then there's like the golden ticket pass. And then of course they've got all these things where you can pay to get it. It's just so much like confusing bullshit outside of the game that is all just a way to get you to spend money. And this is like, par for the course for mobile games right but it's just yeah like as a pc gamer i see that and i'm just like i want to throw up gross but yeah you you can't make a mobile game without doing that these days it's crazy and i i remember back in like the late 2000s so jonathan blow who made braid and that other puzzle game i can't remember the name of it um he talked a lot about this and like the danger of where gaming was headed and this was like when farm Farmville and Mafia Wars were getting really big. Oh, it was on, so big, yeah. Yeah, on uh, uh, Facebook. And and this is like before mobile gaming really exploded. Like phones really didn't, they weren't the platform they are now and they couldn't handle these games. So it was like really Facebook where it started. And people were getting addicted and dro- dropping all this money into Farmville and, and Mafia Wars and whatever else. And it, he talked a lot about the dangers of that and, and like if gaming was headed in that direction. And fortunately, it kind of split. Like we got close with in 2017 with Battlefront 2 where they basically tried to make a mobile game slash piece like slash console game and um you know there's a lot of backlash thank god and ever since then i felt like there has been kind of a divide like it's been pretty clear to publishers and developers that like hey we like uh, like if i if i'm playing a game on pc i do not want any of that garbage you don't even see loot chests anymore that's kind of like an anachronistic thing now like games don't even do that it's all about the battle pass which i think is a pretty fair design for that type of stuff but yeah. We've totally moved away from that, and yet in mobile games, it's just totally acceptable. It's crazy. So, I mean, anyway, I started talking about Lemmings, but really this is just like <laughs> I wanted to go Airing off our on. grievances about mobile yeah. gaming. Yeah, I agree with it, though. I think mobile gaming, but in a way, I think it's kind of like the cat's out of the bag so much with mobile gaming that it's like at this point, we just don't want it to infect the other forms of gaming, right? So I guess like... I guess doing mobile games, you kind of have to accept the fact that like there is going to be a lot of this kind of bullshit, you know? Yeah. Whereas just so long as it's like, okay, well, you stay over there then and don't come into the realm of PC gaming. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, please don't. And I watched a documentary about the developers of Blastlands. What what was that game called? Something Lands, small Crashlands. I think it was Crashlands. And the documentary is about how one of the developers got cancer and was fighting it during the development. I mean, it was it was pretty good. But at the very beginning, they were talking about creating games and creating mobile games specifically. And they asked everybody, they 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 asked people, what do you want out of a mobile game? And everybody said, well, we don't want this. We don't want the pay to win. We don't want like the the have to spend money to like uh, uh, get rewards instead of like spending time, you know, the typical things that mobile games do and they took all this feedback and they made a game that didn't have any of that and nobody bought it and then they went and made a mobile game that had all that crap and a bunch they made a bunch of money off of it so it's just like if you're going to make a mobile game like from a developer standpoint you want to make money like you just have to do that stuff yeah so for well i mean you know you've got to You've got to make money, right? And so I kind yeah, of feel like you business. touched a bit about the battle pass, um, and I think that that's kind of an acceptable thing. I think to a certain extent, too, cash shops can be okay, like especially if they're just cosmetic, you know, then mm-hmm. I'm like not really that upset about it. So long as it's not a pay-to-win model, that's that's really what I think most of us do not want. Yeah, you know? and that's what most battle passes are. They're just purely cosmetic these days, although I'm not clear on the Diablo 4 season pass. 
it seems very vague. And every time I try to look it up and do research, I always get linked to some article that is just a bunch of fluff and doesn't really answer my questions. And I think it's just cosmetics and mounts or whatever, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, I hope so. We'll find out soon enough because that's coming out on June 6, I think, Diablo mm -hmm. 4. So we'll know pretty soon. Yeah, right around so. the corner. If they can get their balances worked or get everything balanced, that seems to be what yeah. everyone's complaining about. Are you going to be playing Diablo 4? Uh, I probably am. So I played that server slam last week. And then after that, I was like, uh, I, I kind of want to keep playing this. Like I, I do. I was even playing the barbarian. I, I still believe I'm like the barbarian's going to be great. I, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to buff him or something, or he's going to be good late game. I don't know. <laughs> I have faith in the barbarian. Uh, I'm not going to roll necro like everyone else. But, yeah, oh I'll damn! See, I guess I'm just gonna be like everybody else. I I love playing necros though. I'm really curious about the druid. Like that was my favorite with Diablo two when they had the expansion out. I loved playing the druid, and so part of me is like I want to check that out. And I didn't get to try it in the beta, so I'm looking forward to trying to play that one. I'm just not sure if that's gonna be my first and my main, or if not, because I yeah. feel like a necro is where I want to be, especially if they have like corpse explosion. I love making it rain blood. It's great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, in Diablo 3, I think the last class that I really got into was Demon Hunter. But I, I started with um, Witch Doctor. So I always liked that. But I think my favorite in Diablo 3 was Crusader. Is that what they're called? Crusader. Oh, like basically the Paladin? I yeah, think the it Paladin. might have been the Crusader, yeah. I can only think of the Heroes of the Storm characters that they created from Diablo 3. So I think Johanna, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I really like that class, and um, I don't think it was the best by any means, but that was definitely my favorite. Not a whole lot of options in Diablo 4 on launch, but that's okay. They'll add more stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know they will. That's all right. Um, I mean, another thing that is quite nostalgic in a way, you know, that's coming back, it seems. Uh, on my highlights, I put Starship Troopers Extermination. Oh, boy. So I wanted to try this. I wanted to play this. It's a uh, first-person shooter in the world of starship troopers from the original movie uh that came out in 1997 and you're fighting the bugs the arachnids you're aiming for their eyes it's kind of a tower defense as well it's a co-op you can play with up to i believe 16 people um and it's in early access and so uh you know you're you have three different classes there's like assault defense and then support uh, and they do different things like the assault. You have like a jet pack. The defense is you can put up this like barrier wall. And then um, support is you summon a healing medic drone that then helps out. And so they kind of do it where there's like five or six different squads, four people in it. Well, it would be it would be four uh, squads with four people in it each. And you can kind of pick what squad you want to be a part of. And it's just so much fun. They're throwing like things. I think what was so much fun about playing this game was that so many people were like into it. Like there was movie quotes being thrown around everywhere while everybody was playing, which was fucking hilarious to me. Cause like, I have not actually seen this movie. And so when I got this game, I was like, I need to watch the movie before I play the game is kind of what I felt because I felt like it would just really help and enhance it. So I watched the movie and then a few hours later I played the game yeah. and <laughs> I loved this movie. We'll start with that. <laughs> right. Oh like, man. I mean, do you remember, you might've been too young when this movie came out, but I remember when it came out, I remember seeing a trailer for it and thinking, because Independence Day had recently come out and then I, they might've even played a trailer for this, uh, for that movie. And I remember thinking like, ah, it's just like a, a less good version of Independence Day. This doesn't look very good. But of course I was so young, I didn't get all the irony and everything. That it was a everything. satire. Yeah. yeah. It, it's mm -hmm. so satirical. But yeah, I mean, that's a classic Paul Verhoeven movie right there. Yeah. Uh, and if you look in the Steam reviews, they're filled with people just making quotes to, uh, from the movie and everything. And it, people have really turned around on that. It didn't do well at the box office at all. Like it, it didn't do very good business. And it was Verhoeven's movie after Showgirls, which, again, did the exact same thing. Like nobody went and saw that movie. I mean, it didn't have a wide opening because of its NC-17 rating. But it, it kind of was the nail in the coffin for Paul Verhoeven's uh, – American 
career. He he left and went back to Europe, and now he just makes French movies, which are really good, by the way. Check out uh, Benedita, I think it's called. Really good. Um, but yeah, that so was wait, kind what of... Was, what was the death of his career? Was it Showgirls or Star Troopers? It was Starship, Starship Troopers, because it was a big, expensive oh. movie, and it didn't oh, make very yeah. much money. And then he also had another flop with Showgirls. But... It, it ruined his career in the U.S. He actually just didn't like working in the system either. So he was kind of like, I'm done with this. And he, he left. But people have really turned around on both of those movies. Like nowadays, like both of those movies are, uh, they're like cult, cult films, like cult status pretty much. And Showgirls, because it's real campy and people just like, a, a, like the goofiness of it. Um, but... Starship Troopers, I think people understand it more. I don't think anybody really got the, like, understood the satire. And if you've seen any of Verhoeven's movies, like, you know, it's just filled with scathing satire, usually blasting oh, yeah. just different aspects of American life. I mean, look at I Robo love, Cop. too, how they had in Starship Troopers, like, they had the whole little, like, um, like advertisement moments, you know, especially in the beginning of I'm doing my part. I use that gift so much and I didn't even realize it came from this fucking movie. So that just, that was beautiful to realize that wow. with the little kid, like I'm going to do my part. Like yeah, squishing the so bug, the kids squishing the bugs. Yeah. There's, and they had, that's kind of like taken from Robocop too. They had these little interludes, like they would just pause and play commercial. You know, I'd buy that for a dollar. Like, yeah, that's a, like a total Verhoeven move. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Would you I, like to know more? <laughs> And you know what? I didn't realize that the book wasn't like that. So I read the book a couple years ago and I was like reading and reading and reading and I'm waiting for like the punchline. And I, I talked about this on the podcast too, but I, I'm waiting and waiting for the punchline and it never came. And I realized, oh my God, this guy who wrote the book is dead serious about all this stuff. And then I do, I of course do my research. I figure out, oh, like he was like real big on like using nuclear weapons and like, like all this like crazy stuff. Like, yeah, the guy's kind of maniac. So the movie itself was actually just taking that material and totally just making fun of, uh, of the source material, which I never realized, but yeah, yeah, that movie, I, I think people really turned around on it. What excites me about the game though, is the 16 player co-op because I don't think I've seen that before. 16 players co-op. Usually yeah. it's four, like four is what we've all kind of agreed upon as like the standard co-op experience. And it's, I mean, honestly, it's fun. It's, uh, it's crazy. Like I really, really enjoy the game so far. I will say it's early access and it's hella fucking buggy. So I feel like, I feel like you would only want to play like one, two, maybe three games. And then you'll kind of get a little frustrated and take a break. But I definitely feel like this is one of those games where you're going to keep going back to when you just want like some dumb fun of shooting at just hordes of shit. Cause there's a lot of moments, especially when you do get to the tower defense part, because in the beginning, when you first land, you want to like try and build different things. You're trying to mine certain ore so that way then you can find like a territory to establish. And then once you get it, then it turns into a tower defense and all 16 people kind of switch over into a mode of like trying to build up this base really quickly and you can repair and you can build stuff and piggyback off of each other. So you can build up a whole base real quick. And then once they do that, they start throwing so many bugs to you that I think it fucks up the game. Like it definitely has a lot of dropping frame rates when you start fighting the hordes because yeah, like of course you do like it's a ton and they do such a good job of like, keeping the intensity that I think I felt when I was watching the movie because there was a lot of moments when you're watching the movie oh I think your internet cut out there it looks like you froze up uh oh can you hear me can you hear me hello hello all right folks we might have lost a man movie where, like it gets intense you know and like when they're oh wow yeah, okay, she just dropped. <laughs> well, this is awkward now, it's just me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's the Bobby show. All right. Well, it looks like she's reconnecting, so we'll get there her we a go. moment. All can right. you hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear you and you look a lot better now. They're not as Perfect. pixelated. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I was saying that uh I think that uh Starship Troopers the game really does Oh no. Don't freeze again. <laughs> Oh no. That's a good. All right. 
Yeah, I think she's having internet problems. Looks like she's going to drop again. <laughs> oh, damn it. All right. Well, I mean, we're, we're about at the end of the show anyway, so I think that's okay. Um, just a quick plug again, DLGCon coming up. It's going to be um, the beginning of November for a couple of days. So check out the link that is going to be in the description of this episode. And uh, if you want to sign up, you got until the end of this month. So be sure to do that. And of course, dlgaming.net. That's where all our stuff is. That's how you can join our Discord, buy any merch, see past episodes, whatever you want. dlgaming.net. All right. And Amanda's back. Are we going to try this one more time? I think I'm back. We can try this one more time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it, too long didn't read in case I freeze again. Uh, Starship Troopers Extermination. Very fun. Uh, it. I, I think it would be worth it on sale because it is pretty buggy. Or if they get their shit together, then it's definitely going to be worth it. Because it is super fun, especially when you're playing with a whole bunch of other people in all of the different squads. Is it on and Game Pass or no? No, but if it okay. comes to Game Pass, everybody should get it. Because, it, like I said, it's definitely a lot of fun. I just think there's a lot of bugs. Like, there's a big bug where if you are... And the irony of calling these bugs while you're killing and shooting bugs. I know, it's, it's funny, but... Yeah, same <laughs> so, thing in Deep Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and actually, there's. I was just going to say, there are a lot of elements to this game that remind me of Deep Rock. Especially when they're, like, once you get to the point where you're holding down your base enough, they have a, exterm- or a uh, extraction point that then you have to run to. And it kind of has that same feeling that I got when I was playing Deep Rock Galactic, where it's like, you're just running, and you're being followed by just fucking hordes and you're like just escape just escape and so like everybody's just fleeing and that's pretty funny too to watch like 16 marines just like running trying to like get to these uh you know starships to take you away and so i i do really love that but yeah one of the issues with the game is there's a lot of times where you are pressing down on the trigger and nothing's happening there it's not shooting nothing um there's also a lot of just like graphical clipping going on where like the the arachnids are just like floating in the air and like so there's definitely some severe bugs going on in this game but i think that once they start fixing it and adjusting it because i remember reading and hearing that they do plan to update and to add things and kind of tweak it uh in the first year so Hopefully they do that because then this game will be a lot of fun. There's loadouts that you can do. You can kind of customize the guns and the things that you use. There's perks. And And you upgrade all this like after you play around, you get points to spend and you can. Yep. Yep. And you get experience and you level up. And so like it, it does. I definitely see so much promise in this game, especially if you loved the movie, because there's so much of the movie that's just fun. And I think once again, this is one of those games where like the community playing it is going to make the game so much more amplified and since there's so much nostalgia and cult following around the movie it, it translates into the game because it was just hilarious the amount of people throwing out um like movie quotes and shit like that and so and there's a lot of different kinds of bugs there's like elite bugs as well we definitely saw some of the tanker bugs which was crazy like the fighting the tanker bugs is nuts and their attacks do so much damage to like your wall and the towers that you build and all kinds of things. And it's just, I was having a blast. I was enjoying it. But like I said, I definitely feel like it's buggy. And my friend that I was playing it with, like the game kept crashing on him. So I do think that there are enough game breaking bugs that like, I would be a little cautious about this when they fix that though. Or if this goes to game pass, it's going to be amazing. I think, cause it is, it is hilarious and it's a good tower defense. Yeah, I mean, if they really wanted to boost their player base, that seems like it'd be a good decision. Um, there are 14,000 people playing it right now on Steam. So, I mean, there are a lot of people playing the game. Uh, yep. Today's peak, 16,000. Yeah. So people are playing it. I, I'm really interested in this game. I might end up picking this up. And it, it is early great. access, so hopefully they'll work through the issues. Yeah, I really think if they just optimize it, then it would it would make the world of a difference. But I mean, it came out May 17th so, so soon. It hasn't been out very long. It's got very positive review, reviews overall, and it's super fun. Like I said, this is definitely one of those games where it's like, if you had a long day at work and you want to come home and you just want to play like a match or two of some fun, stupid shit to shoot things at that gives you that all the nostalgic feels, then like this will be that game, you know, and that will be a lot of fun. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to pick this up at some point. 
All right. So we've got a few listener questions, but I feel like most of them would be best saved until we have everybody here. One of them specifically directed at Emilio. So let's just handle this question here from Warconius. Uh, let's see. He says this list. I mean, no Starcraft, no XCOM, no TF2. Get out of here. What do you think of the list? And when are we getting a DLG top 100? So the list that he's referring to is a list by GQ that was recently released, um, listing the top 100 games of all time. I, I feel like I see these lists all the time. Uh, PC Gamer or whoever else, whatever outlet, they always release these lists that are like the the top games of all time, and, and they change a little bit here and there. Um, and I, I think we should do a DLG one. We we really should do. Maybe not a hundred. That that sounds like a lot. Although we it's could probably much. do that between between all of us, and even if we involved our community. But I think we should figure out a way for us to um, create our, our our own list and maybe have some input from do top ten. Yeah, top ten. Well, maybe more than top ten because I feel like I, I think we could do like top twenty five, maybe top fifty. Like, I, I'm yeah, not surprised. I think top twenty five. That'll be good. Top twenty five. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised by the first one on um, on this GQ list, which is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That seems to be at a lot of people's top uh, number one game of all time. I personally don't understand it. I tried playing this game, didn't get it. But I, I agree. I feel like I've seen so many top games of all time, and majority of them the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is at number one. And every single time I'm always like, really? Like I, I had the game, I tried to get into it. And I mean, like, it's not bad, but like number one on so many articles, I don't think I agree with that. Like it is very vast and there are a lot of things and it's definitely a good game, but I just, to me, I, I couldn't get into it. So like I, I struggle to see how it's like the best game. And yeah. also too, like calling things, uh oh. <laughs> okay, I think we lost Amanda again. All right, that's okay, folks. We're we're about at the end of the show. Uh, quick shout out, kind of a big deal. Thank you for the thousand bits, man. It's been a while since we had anybody donate bits. It's been a long time. So glad to see someone still remembers how to do that. Um, next week we should have everybody everybody back here, hopefully, and. Um, and there's Amanda. She's back. I, I figured we, we should probably just wrap up here but uh, uh, it, by saying what we're going to be playing this week. I, I want to check out Starship Troopers. I may be playing that. I, I might pick that up. That looks like everything that I've, I want in a co-op game. Yeah. I'll play some of that with you as well because I'd love to play some more. All right. And then, of course, I'm going to be playing more Sea of Thieves. Can't get enough of that game. Been playing with more people from the community. So... Um, you know, if anyone wants to play that game, let me know. I'm always down. Awesome. Right. I'll be playing some more Shadowrun, I'm sure, because I'm still craving a game like that. Nice. All right, folks. Well, I guess that's an episode. Well, and uh, speaking for Bobby and just myself, um, Emilio's titties. <laughs>